everyone. Welcome to the Slice of Entrepreneurship podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Nick Mansky, the co-founder and CEO at AI Flow. Nick, how are you today? Doing great. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. I was on LinkedIn scrolling, saw an announcement and you were included in it. Saw Y Combinator and the company dug in a little bit to more of what you were doing. And I'm like, I need to have Nick on the show um, to, to dive more into what you're doing at AI Flow and just kind of uh, chat a little bit. But for, for the audience that hasn't uh, dug into your background uh, like I have, tell us uh, a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm the CEO, co-founder of AI Flow. My co-founder isn't on the show. He's the CTO. Uh, he did six years at Princeton studying, uh, studying machine learning and large language models before they were hot. He, he was actually advised by one of the co-founders of GPT, uh, Dr. Karthik Narasimhan, who was one of the first authors on this paper. Uh, for me, it took me a little bit longer to get here, but this is my third startup, serial entrepreneur, did undergrad at Harvard, uh, self-taught in computer programming. But the reason I'm solving this is actually very personal. It's it's just all the pain point that my husband has. He worked in bank capital at Citadel. He's just overwhelmed with the amount of information every day. It's hard to digest it and make information from the noise. So we wanted to build a product that solved that pain point. The best the best solutions come from those personal problems or those problems that uh, you know the uh, that affect the people that are around us the most, right? So. Really cool that that's how this this problem kind of came to the forefront for you. And then you, I mean, uh, he probably would, I, I imagine sometimes like gets tired of talking through all, <laughs> all of it with you, but it, it was able to help build out this this business. Talk us through AI flow, where, where things are at today, um, you know, where you see things heading. Sure. We're helping private equity firms make better decisions on what types of companies to invest in. The way that we do that is we scrape tons of public information from the internet, things like customer reviews, news from the last three years, all of the same information about all of the competitors of that target company. And then we supplement it with whatever's in the internal stack of the private equity firm. That they have access to a lot of proprietary research. They have a lot of previous investment memos. We take all of this information, put it into a secure cloud, and then we use large language models to make insights of it. And where this is different than I think what some people are doing to just create general market research reports, we're actually telling the private equity firm what specific levers are there that they can use to create value if they were to buy this company with like very specific ideas based on the competition to improve operations. And that's where, that's where we're creating value here. And if, if you don't mind, give us an example. I know we chatted a little bit before the before this conversation, right? And you gave a really great example. Maybe we use that one again, or you know, feel free to t pick a different one. But it really painted a good picture for me when you were kind of describing, um, you know, what what you've kind of what you built here. Sure. Um, without giving the name of a company, um, there is a company under consideration by one of our private equity firms. It's a B2C beauty products company. And what our market research showed was that this company was struggling in the customer service category. 
a lot of customers, thousands of customers would post reviews online about how they didn't know how to use the product or using the product would actually result in bad outcomes uh, for their hair. And what our large language model was able to identify was it gave really concrete suggestions on how to copy what a competitor has done to create a online library of tutorial videos explaining how to use the product. And it resulted in much higher customer reviews in that category. So this is just a, like, this doesn't take a lot of capital. It would probably be about $100,000 of an investment to improve this. Uh, that's a huge area to make a, a transformational impact on a company and deliver better results for the customer. Now, when you were, when you were giving your intro, you were talking through your, your serial entrepreneur. One of the things, you know, this is Slice of Entrepreneurship podcast that I like to ask guests when they come on too is uh, typically we have serial entrepreneurs come on. What is it that drives you like to want to keep building businesses and, and solving these big problems, these pain points? Um, usually there's something similar amongst serial entrepreneurs, but in your particular instance, you know, what, what is that thing that continues to drive you to, to solve big problems across different companies? Hmm. You know, I thought about this a lot before, like when I was in little, uh, when I was little in elementary school, um, I just remember like never being stimulated enough. Um, I would like, I would have teachers call me out in class for like being distracted and, uh, not looking at the blackboard. Um, I think it's just, this like drive to move faster and, and kind of think about how to solve problems. Like one of the things that annoys me most is, is almost just like manual tedious work of, and that's what excites me about this particular case. It's like, you have really smart people who got great educations and they're like copy and pasting customer service reviews from online and analyzing it and working 14 hour days. Like that's not a good use of their time. It's also like, I think just a poor way to live as humans. What I love about this and what motivates me is I think AI can be used to almost make us more human of you don't have to work on all that tedious work. You can use your human emotional intelligence to take this to the next level and still have time so that you can concentrate on the things that really give you passion. That's what excites me about this. Yeah. I, I think things have changed, right? In the past, you know, people that were in PE, they would all they would work those long tedious hours but now we have other generations that are moving into those roles within PE and it's not that they won't do the long days i i think not leveraging technology to the fullest is like they're going to want to leverage technology even more so than past generations so that they can focus on the emotion part which is still where you know in many cases um you know we're not asking AI, right, to, to make an emotional opinion. Right. We're, we're asking it to do the tedious work so that we can make the emotional uh, opinions on it, which is really interesting. When when you were talking about what drives you to as a serial entrepreneur, it reminded me of, um, you know, one of my favorite movies is Limitless. And, yeah. you know, he jumps in the ocean and he's like, if he wasn't moving forward, it just felt like something was off for him, right? He had to constantly be moving forward, doing something. So, uh, it, it kind of seems like that ties in, right? You need to always be moving forward and, and, and working on that, that, that thing that really drives you to, to be happy. Is, is that fair to say for you? Yeah. I, this is Bradley Cooper, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Love that movie. Um, yeah, and this is something that I like s- struggled with because it, it almost seemed like I was, had, I don't know, just never satisfied, like looking for... looking for satisfaction and tasks like wouldn't ever be enough. Like even then after you get it to work, you, you still want to go on to the next thing. But I guess the way that I've reconciled it is um, all of these, like these acts of reflection and trying to improve things for people's quality of life. It's, it's almost like artwork of there is no like end goal in sight, but the process is really fun. And I think that's what gives me value. It's almost like a, a form of art creation. And what what advice would you give to, let's go back to, to first-time founder, Nick, with what you know today. What early advice would you, would you give yourself and in general, right? Let's just general, all first-time founders, but let's, let's go in particular, first-time founder, Nick. Mm. Yeah. Number one piece of advice that I would have given to myself back in, uh, what, 2017, when I started my first project, I think I spent like three months coding to, without talking to anyone um, or without getting like good feedback from my users. I, I wanted to put out a perfect product. What I love about Y Combinator is they encourage you to talk to your user every single day and understand exactly how they're using it. They also encourage you to like, don't build anything scalably in the beginning. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, not all the, like the tech pieces have to be perfectly put together, but instead you want to really make sure that what you're building actually solves a problem. And if it doesn't, then tweak it, tweak the code, but that should be done in 24 hours, not in three months. That's what has really helped me. Yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up as a first-time founder in the early days focusing in on, you know, maybe something that you think is is the most important piece, but then you get that feedback and maybe it's going to take you you could very well be right from the start, right? And that does happen where you get it yeah. perfect, but um that's interesting feedback. Um what's what are some of the, you know, you obviously were, were your Y Combinator with some cool companies. What are some of the other companies that you've kind of seen come through there that are also exciting you? It's always, we like to also give out shout outs to, uh, you know, some of the other companies in the space or not in your particular space, but in general. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of companies in this Y Combinator batch who are building with large language models. Um, I really like Linum, L-I-N-U-M. Um, they are essentially creating videos from just text. Um, I think this is going to be kind of exciting, not just for, I think, the immediate use case of, of like uh, content creation or um, content marketing creation, but I think there are like limitless things that you can do in terms of this. Another company that I really like is called um, Fabius, F-A-B-I-U-S. They are applying large language models to the B2B sales space. So um, they would plug into like a gong.io. And what that can do is it can make sense of the feedback that you're getting on sales calls. And it can automatically pass all of that feedback to the product team to make the product better in the future. That's cool. 
Thanks for the shout outs. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely tag them too. So they, uh, other people can take a look at them as well. Um, as we, as we start to wrap up here, Nick, really cool what you're building. I hope we can have you come back on in the near future and we can dive more into it and maybe even get you on some panels and we can, uh, bring on some people in the PE space to also talk more about, you know, these, these problems that exist and, and how you're helping. Um, you know, what's, what are a couple of the things that really excite you? Uh, just let's go in general with AI, with, uh, the adoption of AI as of late. Um, and then obviously with, with where AI flow is going is kind of the last piece of that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what excites me is this can be leveraged in almost any part of your day. Like I keep open AI chat GPT playground open in my browser at any moment. It will solve some of my code problems that normally would have taken like five hours to resolve but resolve it in like one query. It's just making me personally more productive on every front. The second thing that excites me is just every single week, there's something new coming out. I feel like it's a full-time job to stay um, on, uh, like stay embedded in the community and hear what people are working on. I'm particularly excited about um, GPT agents of being able, like upfront, you often don't know the questions that you need to ask. And what this can do is autonomously for example, for my product, understand what are the 10 questions that we need to know about this company. And then now that you know those questions, dig into them for further autonomously of looking for data within the entire data lake, find that data, and then use that data to answer the final question of how can we create value? So this is something that I'm digging into um, currently. It, it's experimental this time. Um, about 30% of the time, these agents actually get off track and it uh, breaks down. So it's still very early, but I'm excited about it. I recently, I'm pulling this, I, I was messing around one of these the other day, Agent GPT. Uh, yeah, the agentgpt.reworkd.ai. And kind of setting, I, I love that it's able to also give some step, next steps, right? Like if I said, I want to, you know, here's my diet, all this other stuff. And then it gives me actionable steps, right? C coming from the healthcare side of things, I see being able to have that action, like give me those actions for next steps to help me solve the other issues that I have is pretty cool. Um, so it'll, it'll be awesome to see how that continues to improve. Um, and I've been really liking just, I, I keep on my phone, um, Poe. I don't know if you've used oh, Poe sure. before. Yeah. And, and I liked how Poe really implemented the additional questions. So if I ask it a question, I like the fact that I can, it'll say, you know, I can click, tell me more, or it gives me the five other questions that I should be asking. Um, it really changed how quickly you can learn about something. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen the, the, uh, some of the stuff that Sam, Stanford's coming out where you ask questions and your glasses give you the answers. Yeah. I haven't seen this yet. Huh. They literally just put out a, a video the other day. So they have the regular glasses. You can't see the answers. But when you ask me something, it tells me the answer. Wow. So more problems for professors and, and, and teachers to have to deal, deal with, uh, yeah. with their students. Yeah, this space is changing really quickly. Um, and we're going to need some guardrails. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that there's reflection on that, but it is exciting. Um, really cool. I'm, I'm so excited for, for what you're building. And, uh, 
you know, I want to end on, uh, so uh, on two more things and then we'll, we'll wrap up here, but, uh, what are some of these existing challenges in particular to your business? Do you still see that you're, you're working through, mm. uh, and then, you know, what, what the next step is from here? The first one is that like for my specific business, it's very different to analyze a B2C beauty product versus a B2B SaaS product versus a service company. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to need to do more research on how to make this technology more scalable over time. And also that involves what type of data sets do we look at? Um, for the short term, we're just being very focused on B2C products and B2B SaaS, but over time I do want to expand this on. Um, and then just, I think the second one is I do expect there to be a lot of competition in this space. There's really smart people working on this. Um, there are like certain firms and startups that I'm, like very impressed with what they're doing. So I think it's going to be, uh, be very nimble and uh, also just recognizing that at any month in this juncture, we're going to have to be very fast at implementing the latest uh, AI uh, techniques that are coming out. Well, Nick, I look forward to staying in touch and hopefully, like I said, we can have you come back on and dig more into some of this as I'm sure it is set to change so much in the in the upcoming months alone. Um, and and I really wish you all the best of luck with AI flow. Super cool what you what you're building and um, I'll, I'll, I'll be a follower. Thank you so much, Jared. Great speaking with you.